Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Wednesday, January the 12th, 2022. This is Wake Up with Ray G. How y'all doing this morning? I see the comment. I'm, I am feeling good this morning. Jay and I were talking. The double espresso has kicked in. I am, um, I'm ready. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to get to the Q&A. The comments are going down. Just want to say, truly, truly want to say, we honestly appreciate everybody that wakes the hell up. Uh, I don't know what you're doing, laying in bed, brushing your teeth, driving into work. Uh, or just chillaxing, but we appreciate everybody tapping in, showing the show love, um, subscribing to the channel like this. Y'all are, are what we do it for. We don't, I promise you, we don't get on here at seven in the morning, my time, eight in the morning, Jordan's time to just talk to one another. I talk to him enough throughout the day and throughout the week. Like we do it for y'all. So we just like today on Wednesday, as we get to the Q and A today, um, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate y'all rocking with us. Appreciate the support, the love, um, it's just fun. It's fun to engage with y'all, and I'm glad we can bring uh, some entertainment and hopefully some actual uh, actionable content to your to your lives and homes, wherever you live. Um, so I just want to start off by, by saying thank you. We appreciate you, and I hope y'all have a wonderful fucking Wednesday. Uh, but we got some questions to get into. Uh, but first, Jay, how you doing this morning, man? I'm, I'm amped up. The, the double espresso is kicked in, baby. It's, it's kicked in. I'm going, man. I'm going. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the people don't know that you tried to blow my eardrums out before this show started, uh, but I'm 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 definitely more awake now than I was to start the show. Like you mentioned, big Q and A today. Super excited. Um, I'm just gonna quickly hit the news. Joe Judge fired. Everyone saw this coming. The media, you know, they really were the ones that got him fired. I'm not gonna dunk on Joe Judge the way a lot of people are. He's just not a good coach. The Giants are not a good franchise. They need change in a lot of ways. Joe Judge is not gonna fix that. You know, Dave Gettleman also retired, for people who missed that. And the other interesting piece of news that I mentioned to you this morning was Jaleel Billingsley entered the transfer portal. You know, we saw Cameron Latou started to get more snaps than Billingsley. And in my opinion, Billingsley is really just another Irv Smith type of guy, probably not as talented as Irv Smith. And so you think about it from that perspective, another undersized tight end out of Alabama 
What does that mean to the NFL? I think it's good for him to go to another program, showcase what he can do, especially if Latou has passed him on the depth chart and his NFL prospects aren't that great right now. That's really it for the news. Let's get into the Q&A, man. Five minutes in, no more news. Let's get the questions can, answered for the people. Can I respond to anything that you just said? Like, I, th I think the Jaleel Billingsley thing is kind of big news. I think a lot of people had him ranked as um, a higher-end tight end prospect in for this upcoming draft class. Uh, but the fact that he's transferring, going to a new school, uh, hopefully whatever doghouse he climbed into at Alabama, he'll be able to work his way out of it. I think... You're probably right. Probably more of a very rarely do you see tight ends returning kicks like he was the kick returner for Alabama last year. Uh, they've got him listed at like 245. There's no way. There's no way he's 245 pounds. Uh, but hopefully he could kind of revitalize his uh, his NFL prospectus at a new school. Tight end class this year is mm, it's. It's Trey McBride, Jalen Watermeyer. You got Greg Dolch from UCLA, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. It, it, it's it's fine, but you don't have any. There are no Kyle Pitts's. There are no uh, Pat Fryermuths. I don't even think there's a Hunter Long. Maybe there's a Hunter Long in this class. Uh, Brevin Jordan. You know, we talked about him a little bit. I like him. So hopefully Jalil Jalil Billingsley gets his stuff together at his next location. I don't know if we talked about it though. Jackson Dart. You see, I got the USC stuff on today. Yeah. Jackson Dart, uh, starting quarterback from SC. Uh, towards the end of the season last year, uh, really highly touted uh, uh, prospect. I think he was a four-star kid. He's entered the transfer portal as well, which I don't think it's official yet, but all indications are uh, C-Dub, Caleb Williams, is following his old coach uh, to Southern California. So uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm The last USC game I went to, and I was just done with them, Jay, uh, they came out here, I think it was 2017, it was Alabama versus USC in Jerry World. Oh, no. And uh, we got tickets. My boy drove up uh, from Houston. We're SC'd out. And Jalen Hurts and then beat the brakes off of Sam Darnold in USC. Um, it was bad, man. We left like third quarter. It was like 50-something oh. or 12. And we were like, we're out of here. Jalen Hurts and uh, I think it was Bo Scarborough and Damian Harris just oh, no. ran through, just ran through SC. So I'm, a, I'm an excited USC fan uh, with all the talent we're getting in and hopefully grabbing Caleb Williams. But uh, you are right. We've got a lot of questions to get to. I looked at some of them already. Um, and, and there's already questions and comments popping right now in the chat. So uh, let's just get it going, man. I'm, I'm going to let you lead the, lead the show, and then we'll just take it where it goes, bro. So let's start with a quick hitting question. Who would you prefer, Elijah Moore or the 2022-105? Elijah Moore or the 2022-105? Super flex or single quarterback? We'll go with single Q. Wouldn't We'll go with super flex. We'll go with super flex. Super flex. There's a chance if you play in these traditional dynasty leagues where you draft a quarterback and running back first, it's a good chance you can land either Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson, who I had both have as higher prospects than I did Elijah Moore. Um, Corral, Pickett, Brees Hall, Spiller. That's Corral, Pickett, Brees Hall, Spiller. That's four. I'd probably take the 105. I'd take my shot at landing either Traylon or uh, or Garrett Wilson, but that's not an indictment on Elijah Moore. You, we talked about it on this show. I think he's – if I were going to pick a player for like a second-year breakout to have that Michael Pittman-type season in year two, it would be Elijah Moore. Um, I, I like what he put on wax uh, this season with the Jets. I think Zach Wilson develops. 
so I like Elijah Moore. Super flex, I would probably take uh, the 105. Single quarterback, Traylon's gone. The running backs are probably gone. I'm still kind of on the fence with the running backs. So then I'm betting between like a Drake London or Elijah Moore. I'd probably roll with Elijah and single quarterback. Yeah, for me, it was really close too. I liked the question. Um, but back to the 2020 rookie class or 2021 rookie class, where would you rank Travis Etienne and Zach Wilson in this class? You know, Gato Movie Productions, he asked us that question. For me, and I think we kind of talked about it before, Etienne is going to be right at the top of the list. But how do you feel about Wilson compared to this class? You know, we saw some good things towards the end of the season, but even as a prospect, I don't know if he would be head and shoulders above a Kenny Pickett, a Matt Corral. Oh, I think it would still oh, be a toss up. Oh, this I'm is not sure. easy, bro. First of all, Joe, we got to get you out of those one QB leagues. We got to get you in some super. We got to get you in the super flex game, baby. I mean, one uh, QB. I mean, uh, let, let, let's 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 move you on up to the east side. Let's get you in some super flex leagues. I'm seeing some people say Elijah Moore, uh, 105. I got my man, uh, five star Pete, agrees with me. 105. I'm with you, Pete. Uh, sorry, what was the question again? I, I uh, how, how, I, where I'm would you rank there. Zach Wilson and and Travis Etienne in this rookie class? Oh, and how oh that's an easy them? question. Uh, Travis Etienne would be RB one. Zach Wilson would be QB one. I mean, this is this is this is an easy question, especially it, right now. Let's let's just base it off prospects, right? Like what I viewed them as prospects. Zach Wilson would be quarterback one in this class, and I think it would be Zach Wilson tear break everybody else. Uh, Travis Etienne, I think it would be Travis Etienne an even larger tier break, and then the rest of the running backs. Uh, uh, even though even though for me, I had Travis Etienne as my RB3 in 2021. I had Najee Harris, Javonta Williams, and Travis Etienne. Uh, he went back-to-back 1,600-yard seasons in his final season. He showed that he can catch the ball, even though the way he was deployed as a receiver wasn't really creative. It was a lot of pop passes, just getting him the ball in space real quick. Uh, but if he were in this draft class, I would still take Travis Etienne, and I don't know if we have another question that kind of falls into who am I trying to get, but Travis Etienne is a player that I'm trying to acquire in off-seasons in Dynasty. I think uh, it, it has – I mean, J James Robinson's Achilles injury only helps Travis Etienne, right? Like, and again, we don't, we don't wish for injury. That's not what we do here. But he's out. That's the reality of the situation. Um, Travis Etienne, the first round draft capital, even with a new coach coming in, what they're not going to do is draft a running back in round one. They're not going to, they're not going to make that mistake again. Uh, so maybe they backfill the roster with, you know, a running back in round five or six, but Travis Etienne came out himself and said he was healthy enough to have come back and played, but they were like, yo, just get all the way right. Don't worry about it. Uh, the moment's too big for us anyway. We're not very good. So just you rest up and we'll catch you in 2022. So for me, ETN would be RB1 and Zach Wilson, no doubt, would be QB1 um, in this class for me. So another question we had, kind of just like the philosophy of the draft. And he was, and the question was basically talking about how we really care about running back draft capital, but it's not so much the case for wide receivers. His example was if London, Robinson, Wilson all get drafted in the top 20 and Traylon Burks goes 28, why are we more inclined to take Traylon Burks, wide receiver one, or, or why does it? Why does that draft capital not matter in the way that you know Henry Ruggs was drafted as the first wide receiver taken, but we still prefer Justin Jefferson, who was 10, 10 picks later, right? Whoa! Where whoa. running backs, the Nick, you love Wilson. <laughs> Nick's got to be new. Nick, I see you. This comment, you got to be new. I don't love Zach Wilson. I, I believe didn't I have Zach Wilson as QB five. 
in the class. I think I had Mac Jones ahead of Zach Wilson, right? In my final quarterback rankings last year. I know I didn't love Zach Wilson. Um, and we're saying he got embarrassed by the Bills. What did the Jets have around him? Who was he throwing to at the end of the year? Keelan Cole, Braxton Berrios was his most explosive weapon. Michael Carter in and out of the lineup. Offensive line abysmal. What what more did what what what, what, did, what did you expect him to do versus the Bills from the Jets? Like you want the the, the the rookie quarterbacks overall didn't play well in 2021, right? Outside of Davis Mills, a couple of games from T Law, but uh, I, I'm the 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 Bills got embarrassed by the Jaguars. So are we out on Josh Allen? Are we out on Devin Singletary? I mean, come on, man! Like at, at some point. Uh, just based on the talent and, and, and looking at the totality of the circumstances, I'm not going to be off of any player. I've talked about this. I'm not out on any player after their first season. None of them. None of them. Even last year, Henry Ruggs, I wasn't all the way out on Henry Ruggs after he disappointed as the wide receiver one drafted in the NFL draft. Like, people, players have bad games. Players have bad games, and he has nothing around him. So, uh, it was still the second overall pick. He's going to have the opportunity to be the starter. You get Elijah Moore back. You have a high-round draft pick to put more pieces around Zach Wilson. I'm just going to bet on the talent, man. Sorry. I just, I just, I just, hey, it's all love, Nick. It's, hey, we, I love you, baby. I just, I just got to be clear here. I just, I want to be thorough in my response. Jay, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. What was the so damn the question? The the question was basically asking about draft capital and how the first running back taken can really dictate which running back will go first in rookie drafts, but this isn't really the case so much with wide receivers. And he's wondering why that's the case. And it's really more of a talent versus ability. Like, it's a, it's a talent question. And with wide receivers, it's usually talent wins out. With running backs, it's more opportunity than so, talent. So why do we focus so much on draft capital for running back and not as much for wide receiver, essentially? Is that the gist? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Well, I think uh, this question, I think, like, first of all, I think it's, like, the numbers, like, 86%, 86% of NFL teams' base formation is three wide. So, just right off the rip, you've got three wide receivers pretty much on the field at, at majority of the times for all 32 NFL teams. So, you've got more opportunities to be on the field. Um, that it, with running back, there's only one of those guys on the field for all 32 teams at, at any given on any given play set, right? Outside of uh, split backfield where you got two backs and they're running some creative things. Um, so you only got 32 of those cats. And then if an NFL team invests early round draft capital in said position, there's a better chance a, a the the probability is higher that said running back is going to get on the field or at least have an opportunity to get on the field right away because of the investment in the position. Whereas we see wide receivers, man, when you're running three, four wide, um, I'm Ross St. Brown, fourth round pick, getting on the field, right? Getting on the field, maybe the target slowed, started off a little slow, but eventually that, that talent at the position, because he's on the field, he's getting open, um, he earned those targets. So I, I still think overall in the dynasty community, we still see some bias with draft capital towards the wide receiver position. We're, we're seeing it right now with Amon Ross St. Brown. If the, if Rashad Bateman had the same season as Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, where would Rashad Bateman be ranked in dynasty? I mean, he would legit be a top 12 dynasty wideout. If he went out there and caught 90 passes for over 900 yards, a couple of rushing scores, we'd be viewing Rashad Bateman as a top 
uh, 12 Dynasty asset. So I, I think there still is some bias uh, with draft capital in the wide receiver position. Uh, but running back, it's just the pathway to opportunity when you invest that high of a pick in one of those guys, they're going to play him. Now, whether said running back turns out to be good or not, we've seen, I mean, Sony Michelle drafted in the first round by the Patriots, and they gave him every opportunity to be the guy. Seattle Seahawks drafted Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny in the first round. They tried. He couldn't stay healthy, right? So I think that's why draft capital for the running back position, for me, matters a little bit more um, than the wide receiver position. You got more of those guys on the field, and their pathway to opportunity is a little clearer if you're on the field. Like, you can't score fantasy points. You can't score points for your NFL team unless you're on the field. So I think that's why, you know, we kind of value that draft capital and really bake that in um, to decisions. So let's just say hypothetically, Brees Hall is drafted in the third round and Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson are drafted in the first round. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, uh, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins were all second-round picks. Uh, A.J. Dillon, like the second, third round, as long as you're picked on day two from a running back, like I'm in on you. You're probably you, – you, I think we're going to – we're not going to see the days where we're going to see a lot of first-round running backs. I think we get a couple next year. Bijan Robinson's going to be a first-round pick for better or worse. Um, and I'm not saying Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey didn't have the talent to be first-round picks, but if I'm building a franchise, like that's the – that's the most replaceable position in football. They're literally pulling cats off the couch like Craig Reynolds and saying, come tote the rock. Do Johnson, come tote the rock, and they're getting 100 yards on the ground. Um, so if you're drafting in the second or third round, I think that's fine draft capital for the running back. I'm sorry for the long-winded answer. I'm just trying to be as thorough as possible from what I know. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's just that's what I believe why – we sort of look at that, you know, running back draft capital versus wide receiver. But we ultimately, you still want guys picked in the first round because the probability of them getting opportunity is a lot higher because of the investment put into said player. Exactly right. It's all about draft pick insulation, opportunity versus talent, right? So another question I have for you, and uh, this is from Dallas FFO. He said, how heavily do you factor QB situation in your dynasty wide receiver rankings? And, and how, I guess, would you factor that going forward? How high do I factor in QB situation, like the quarterback for how a team? much of a how much part of your, how much is that part of your process? The actual quarterback play and and how does that factor into your dynasty rankings? You know, Man. talk about perfect example is like Chase versus Jefferson, right? As wide receiver one, one has Joe Burrow, who we view as a top five quarterback. One has Kirk Cousins, and how much does that factor your process, kind of going down the line in how you draft and how you ultimately would rank a player? Full transparency, I think a couple of years ago, quite a bit, right? A couple of years ago, I'm like, oh, my God, uh, A.J. Brown lands in Tennessee with Marcus Mariota. No thank you. Yep. Um, uh, uh, you know, naming uh, Rashad Bateman lands in Baltimore. They don't throw enough. No thank you. The more or the more that it, it I progress and learn, because we're all still learning in Dynasty and fantasy football, I think ultimately talent, I just, I'm going to bet on the talent of a player. Like situations change so quickly. Um, coaching situations, quarterback situations, they change like that, man. You know, like in one offseason, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line went from a glaring weakness to a strength, right? Like they, they rebuilt that in an offseason. Uh, we saw Tennessee, just all they did was bench the starter, put in Ryan Tannehill, and then it was wills up. If you fade wide receivers because of the quarterback situation, you're setting yourself up for that change. 
and then missing out on a, like a high end talent. Like we're not. You want you you want the players who can potentially score you the most points. That's what we want. And if that's what we want, let me tell you what situation gets you when you. And we keep talking about this. And I asked my man Scott Connor, Dynasty Dynasty and Chill. I've asked other smart people in the community, like. How much do we factor in situation in general? And what I've seen the community do is we swing the pendulum too far either side. Like there is no happy medium, right? A.J. Brown in Tennessee, I don't want him. I remember on draft night in 2020 when the Cowboys selected C.D. Lamb, the first thing people said was, I'm out. You know, it's too many miles yeah. to feed. Amari Cooper just got there. It's it's. Uh, Blake Jarwin is there. Michael Gallup is there. He's not going to get his targets. Uh, conversely, I remember the, the Minnesota. I remember draft night, and when when Justin Jefferson was picked by the Vikings, people were kind of like, I mean, Adam Thielen's yeah. the one, you know, Adam Thielen's the one, and Irv Smith, and I just don't know. And then all of a sudden, you pass on Justin Jefferson, and you pass on that talent, and and look what you missed out on. On the other side of that token. McCall Hardman, drafted before A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. He's going to Kansas City. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes. You're not – you outside of a best ball league, there's no use for McCall Hardman. Uh, you know, uh, who's the who's the most recent? Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, you know. Uh, DeAndre Swift's with the Lions. They're, they're terrible. DeAndre Swift's got to fade that situation. So – I don't I don't factor it in much at all anymore is is a long-winded answer. I don't care the situation. I'm going to bet on the talent. Traylon Burks can go to the Houston Texans. He can go to the Detroit Lions. He can go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not going to like to a certain degree. I'm going to be like, all right, maybe what you do is you temper immediate expectations, right? You're just like, all right, it might take a year, but I believe in the talent of this cat. I believe in 6'3", 225, 4'3". I believe in that. So I'm going to bank on that talent regardless of the situation. Hell, we've seen DeAndre Hopkins thrive with damn uh, Tom Savage at quarterback or whatever his name was. So moving forward now, where I'm at now, I trust my evaluation process. I trust what I see. Uh, I I, I trust my limited knowledge of the game. And I, I believe that, you know, situations can change so quickly. Look at the Giants. Joe Judge. I mean, people were legit. Fade Saquon Barkley. He, he, he's, he's no good. Now Joe Judge is fired. Now Saquon Barkley. You got your Saquon Stock Barkley up. shares got a little bit of a boost yesterday when Joe Judge was fired. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I don't know how you factor it in. But in my personal rankings, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk, that's what I do. I, I don't factor in any of that shit. Now it's talent, 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 and I'm just gonna bet the talent wins out at some point or another. Yeah, I factor in a little bit for sure. Um, but you talk about AJ Brown, that's one of the biggest cases of just an entire community missing on a player simply because of situation. Um, another guy I thought of was Stefan Diggs, right? Stefan Diggs, when he went to Buffalo, everyone's like, Josh Allen's terrible, 57% completion. They don't throw a lot, a lot of the ball. They run the ball a lot. Next thing you know, Stefan Diggs is wide receiver one, Josh Allen, QB one, QB two. Just situations can change so fast. Um, but the five-star Pete in the comments was asking, about dynasty rookie drafts prior to the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. and you know, this is something that we that we in the community, in our community are starting to try and make a thing because it really forced you to do your homework. But Pete, if you're watching, 
listen to Ray's answer when he talks about he's he's betting on talent, he's betting on situations, you know, especially if you want to go as far as to read the tea leaves as to where you think these players are going to go based off some of the mock drafts, based off of what you're reading. That's where you can get a little bit more insight as to where they could go, but you still have to bet on the talent. If you're going to have a draft before the rookie draft, which in my opinion is the best way to do it because you don't have you don't have like you talk about you don't have these massive value swings because of like you you will get lucky which is fine but you have to do your let homework me, let or me tell you, you get crushed let me tell you what would have happened if if everybody in this stream every one of you every one of you and i know y'all won't be honest i will be honest i do not lie i will tell you the truth clyde edwards elair in 2020 pre First round of the NFL draft was my running yeah. back five in the draft class. It was JT, DeAndre Swift. My big battle was like Cam Akers versus J.K. Dobbins. Which one did I have over yeah. the other? And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was RB5. The final damn pick in the first round at pick 32 when Kansas City drafted CEH, my ass moved him from five to one and it had nothing to do with the talent it was all situation had i had my rookie draft five minutes prior to that pick i would have jonathan taylor on a couple of teams i would have had deandre swift on a couple of teams but because i waited till after and i put my chips in on the situational me and scott connor talked about this yesterday on this pod he i remember him saying dude you've got so much insulation with clyde edwards elair in kansas city your money, right? That forced a lot of people, and some of y'all out there may not want to admit it, but we picked that situation over truly, I, I think, the best running back prospect we've seen since Adrian Peterson. Jonathan Taylor is the best running back prospect, or he was the best running back prospect to come into the NFL since Adrian Peterson. And I remember living in Texas, Palestine, Texas, AP, All-World in high school, first year at Oklahoma, he should have won the Heisman Trophy as a freshman. He should have won the Heisman Trophy as a freshman um, in 2000, I think it was 2003, 2004 season. But having your dynasty rookie drafts before the NFL draft, that's, to me, all your favorite analysts who talk all this shit and they put out all these rankings, tell them to put their money where their mouth is. If you believe... If you believe Kyron Williams is RB1, if you believe uh, I'm seeing people saying uh, uh, David Bell is wide receiver one in this class, if you have that type of conviction, make don't a selection. Don't go at Ryan Lopes like make, that. Make don't do that. Make the, make the, <laughs> I love Ryan. That wasn't a, I don't know who Ryan got at one. I know he had Terrence Marshall as wide receiver two. That's my dog, Ryan Lopes. Shout out to my man still, Ryan Five. But if you got that type of conviction, put your money where your mouth is. Pick them. Right now, if we had a rookie draft right now, my first wide receiver off the board is Traylon Burks. My second wide receiver off the board is Garrett Wilson. I don't care where they land. That's what I'm picking. So for me, I like it before. I don't need no extra information, right? Like, I do the research. I do the EDU. I believe in what I see. I believe in what I tell the people, what the people pay me for. Um, I don't need a rookie draft. I don't need the NFL draft. Like, uh, I'm going with my, my evaluation process, man. Perfect. Perfect. So a quick one for you, Ray, because you're giving me a lot of long-winded answers. This one's got to be a short one. <laughs> what is the best head coaching job available? Denver, Minnesota, the Giants, Miami, Chicago, to refresh your memory. Which one do you like the best as from a head coaching perspective? Let's assume that quarterback situation isn't necessarily improving drastically a la Aaron Rodgers going to Denver. 
right? We're assuming you kind of have to work with what you got right now, but which head coaching job from a personal standpoint would you like the best? Who's all open? What teams are open? Denver, Minnesota, the Giants now, Miami, and Chicago. Oh, I, I, um, wouldn't it be the Raiders? Well, the Raiders is, we'll see, right? They, I guess it is available, but I wouldn't say the Raiders, no. I would say Denver by a, by a, by a mile. The reason why I, this is my opinion, the best head coaching jobs are the ones where you have a quarterback in place. Like, uh, even, even if you, even if you, I know it's easy to say, oh, all they need is a quarterback, right? It's easy to say all Denver needs, they're a quarterback away. There's no guarantee you get Aaron Rodgers. There's no guarantee Russell Wilson comes. And when we're looking at this 2022 class of quarterbacks, there's no guarantee that any of those guys are it, right? So when I'm looking at what are the best jobs available, it's the maybe not the Raiders because you got to deal with Kansas City and LA every year. Look, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking for teams that have a quarterback in place. Like if you've got a quarterback in place, I think, and you believe in that. But you're player, not taking Minnesota though. Minnesota's probably got. The, I guess you could say the, the Raiders, but it's or Minnesota because then you got Teddy Two Gloves. Danny Dimes, Tua, if you if you if you're a Tua guy, or or you, I guess you could go after Fields, but I don't think that yeah, I don't Field, think that there's, a lot, has there's a lot there's a lot that has to happen in right Chicago. There. I don't think I don't think Chicago is the right spot. Um, I guess Jacksonville, since they got the one on one, and you could try you could try yeah. to trade that. I'm just if Trent Balky's not there, I don't. I, I try want and trade the one on one. I mean, trade it. I mean, hell, we've seen people do it, it before. Should. Like Washington traded three first round picks to move up to get Robert Griffin at the one hundred two. The the Rams traded all those picks, didn't they? Trade up to get the one hundred one to take Jared Goff. Like I think they yep. mortgaged their future for Jared Goff. I think the best situations are the ones where you have a quarterback in place. Um, man, that's that's a tough one, bro. That's 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 a. I don't know. I don't know. They they all they all I would pick Denver. I think Denver has the best team outside of quarterback, but I get it for sure. Um the quarterback is the most important part, so you need that. But another question I have since we're talking about Denver a little bit, or at least I was talking about Denver. See, hold on. Uzi Logan said the same thing. Denver with no QB. Like I I need I I don't want to come in. Here's my thing. This is important, man. When you hitch your future on trying to find the quarterback that's that's a that's like, I'd rather just come into a situation where I have a guy, right? I've got a quarterback, and we just need to put pieces around them. I think that's a hell of a lot easier to do, in theory, than finding a quarterback and then figuring all the other stuff out around them. So you look at the teams that have quarterbacks in place, Derek Carr, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. They have quarterbacks. Minnesota has one for now, but you got to make contingency plans for the future. Uh, you do have Justin. Minnesota's probably a good gig. That's probably a good gig. All right, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, what's your price check on Jerry Judy right now? Jerry uh, Judy played nine games this season. Hurt, down year, falling down dynasty rankings. Where's your, where's, where are you at with Jerry Judy? All those wide receivers under contract for like the next three years, I think now, guaranteed with Tim Patrick getting his deal too, and no quarterback in place. What do you do with Jerry Judy? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to trade him for? No one's giving you a first so, round pick. No one's giving you a first round this, pick for Jerry Judy. So this guy, Zach, who asked the question, he traded away Jerry Judy, the 101 this year, and a 2024 second for DJ Moore, the 110, and a 23 yep. first. Yep. Good deal. Give me DJ Moore, yeah. the 110, and the 2023 first. Yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a that's 
Hey, shout out Zach at uh, are you? Uh, I can't read whatever it is. 19. <laughs> I don't know what it says. Yeah, I don't know what it says. I don't know what it says. But I'd rather DJ more the one ten in the twenty twenty three first over Judy in the one hundred one and a second round pick in twenty twenty four that I can go make up. I'll find that pick in two years. I- I'll-, I'll get that pick back. Give me one ten yeah. DJ more in the twenty twenty three first. Uh, price check on him. If I can get that for Jerry Judy, I'm doing that a hundred out of a hundred times. Easy. Okay, so now I'm a different question, but who would you prefer in a 0.5 PPR league? So a half PPR league, a top three running back, or Garrett Wilson? A t- a t- like a top three? In the class. So, uh, so it'd be Wilson, oh. Walker, or Brees Hall. He said he's looking at Walker probably, but he's leaning Wilson. And it's half PPR too. So you do have to factor in that the wide receivers aren't scoring as many points as the running probably, backs will man, traditionally. Listen. I've I've just started like truly my T score, my tape score grades. I've just started that. I think Brees Hall is probably going to grade out as my highest ranked running back. I think so. Um, and in a half point PPR yep. league, I believe I would probably take the running back, a top three back, um, over over Garrett Wilson. I, I believe half point PPR. I place a little more emphasis on the running back position. Um, and Brees Hall can catch the ball too, right? So uh, I would rather have the running back in half point PPR. Give me, give me Brees Hall over. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the way it's going to shake out for me. I like Brees, man. I, I do think when it's all said and done, he and or Kenneth, he or Kenneth Walker will be the first running backs off of the board. I think it's going to be those two. I think Spiller. I think Spiller's got. I like him, man. He does a lot. He's got a lot of jump cut. He's got a lot of hoppy, jerky stuff to his game, but he can catch. He's big. He's got enough speed. I wouldn't be shocked if, like, Kyron Williams gets drafted ahead of him. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Um, so I'd probably take Brees Hall. I'd probably take Brees Hall. I'd take Brees Hall over Garrett Wilson, I think. Okay. All right. So another question for you. What are some players you're targeting in the offseason? Let's just give me one more. You already said you're targeting Travis Etienne this offseason. Who is another guy that you're targeting this offseason in Dynasty that you want to buy that maybe you're going to do a video on? Maybe we'll do a little profile on in the middle of the season. Um, It's funny because last year you did one on Darnell Mooney. You really actually sold me on Mooney, and I still think he's a buy. I did a Dynasty startup two days ago, I believe, on the Front Yard Fantasy Game Show, and he went, I believe, 7-0-1, and I'm like... I don't know how I feel about that. There's guys like Elijah Moore going ahead of him, Rashad Bateman going ahead of him, Amra St. Brown going ahead of him. 30-year breakouts for wide receivers are real. Matt Nagy is gone. Darnell Mooney is a 1,000-yard receiver. Did it with three quarterbacks. I mean, I'm still very much in on Darnell Mooney at his price. I think there's a lot of room to go up. You and I talk a lot about we don't like to draft the high-end wide receivers too much in Dynasty, or at least I don't. I like to target the guys in the fourth to seventh round where they're kind of viewed as wide receiver twos, but I believe they have wide receiver one upsides. So you're getting the high-talented running backs early in the draft or high-talented QBs, and then you have a wide receiver that can ascend into an upper tier. Deontay Johnson is a perfect example. I've been telling people to buy Deontay Johnson for feels like three years now, at least two years. Um, and so who are guys that you're looking to buy right now mm. based off their ADP, based off their value, based on what you've seen on tape? Who are some guys you're looking to? 
Um, you're just talking overall, all players. Are you talking about rookies yeah. who may have underperformed? Are you talking? Could about- be anybody. Could be vets. Could be you know middle of the road guys, guys you think that are decreasing in value but could go up. Just like playing the stock market, right? You're trying to buy yeah. an asset a little bit low yeah. that you think can increase, get you some return. Um, ideally, you know, a younger guy that can really propel himself. Well, I think it's draft boards. I think right? it's a but- two part question, man. I, I truly think it depends on what position your team is in, like. What you got to do is you got to look your roster in the mirror. You got to have a one-on-one, a heart-to-heart with your roster and say, is, is, as optimistic as I am, I know I'm not going to compete next year. I know this does not have the strength to, to be a strong playoff team. And if I'm in that position, then I'm looking for a lot of youth, right? I'm looking for first or second-year players who uh, may not have broken out in a, in, a, in a total way, but you believe in the talent. Last year, two of those guys for me, Michael Pittman Jr. and Darnell Mooney. I mean, I know people thought I was crazy when I was like, yo, go get Darnell Mooney and over a 1,000 yards in one of the worst offensive situations in the NFL. Uh, I, I, I think he's a wide receiver too. Like, you got you a nice little wide receiver too on your hands. I don't believe he's a top 12 guy, but top 24, top 20 kind of upside for Darnell Mooney. Absolutely. I think that's within his range of outcomes. Um, so if, if I'm looking at some young guys that maybe underperformed this year, uh, Travis Etienne, we talked about him earlier, out of sight, out of mind. Etienne is a big buy for me. Up until yesterday, I still think Saquon Barkley. I saw uh, there were some people in our in our Discord talking about a startup draft where Isaiah Spiller got drafted ahead of, of Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley going in the fourth yeah. round of startup drafts. There's no way in hell. I'd rather Isaiah spill over Saquon Barkley even in the bad situation that is New York because all it takes is one week for Saquon Barkley to blow up and his value's through the roof. Uh, another out-of-sight, out-of-mind guy, Calvin Ridley. Uh, there's reports that he wants to come back. He just wants out of Atlanta, right? Young player. We know the talent of Calvin Ridley. Uh, it, 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 I, we can't speak to his mental, you know, his mental health and where he's at, but if he's saying he wants to play, he feels good about his situation. Um, I don't know what that would really would really cost you. I think a, a savvy move, and we saw it play out this year, the Arizona Cardinals, going into the season, nobody wanted James Conner. It was all about Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds. Hell, there were some people who even thought Rondell Moore can slide in to like an RB2, RB3 role and start getting some work. But if you're a team that's built like to win, like you won it last year, you know, your roster's a little bit older, and you're like, you know what, the hell with it. I'm going in for another year. I'm looking at getting some of them James Conner veterans that you can acquire really, really cheap that can help score you fantasy points. And I know uh, Zeke Elliott has looked terrible at times this year, but he's baked into the starting running back role in Dallas. And right now, I don't think Zeke costs you a ton, and he's at least got one more year carrying the ball 200-plus times again. I'm telling you, if you've got a team that's built to win right now, after the season, when everybody's off of Zeke, Derrick Henry, people are ready to get off. Of, I, I saw Derrick Henry get traded for the 202 and a 2023 second round pick. Derrick Henry, 202 and a 2023 second. If I can grab on contending teams, some of those running backs that are locked in to 220, 240 carries, 250 touches, 300 touches in a season, sign me up. Like, I, And I know I don't have a lot of time with them, 
but I want the bag. I want to win the title, so give me some of those. James Conner had damn near, what, 20 touchdowns this season? It was insane. Like, if you had James Conner, especially in best ball leagues, and you played him, you were money. Like, your ROI, you probably 5-10x what you paid to get James Conner. So, if I've, it depends on where your team is, right? If you got a team full of a bunch of rookies and second-year players, you don't want no damn uh, uh, J- uh, Zeke Elliott or Derek. You don't want those guys, right? I think Michael Thomas is another sneaky, low-key buy. Like, team ready to win now. MT, what's MT cost you? No one, pay, no one's giving you a first for Michael Thomas. But if if you're telling me Ray, I'll give you the Michael Thomas for your two bow one. Yeah, I'll probably rock with that. I, I will bank on the talent of Michael Thomas and him coming back and running slants to death and catching a bunch of passes. Sign me up for those type of cats. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, and I think that's another interesting question is like, what age do you want to start moving receivers? I know this is a more difficult question because a lot of it comes down to talent, situation. A lot of people say 30 is really where that cliff starts to fall off. Um, Stefan Diggs is a perfect name. Um, and then as well, we got another question about Keenan Allen. And where are we at with Keenan Allen? Is he starting to become a guy that maybe we're thinking about selling because he's getting in that advanced age, right? Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, these guys are in their late 20s or even early 30s, maybe in the case of Allen. How do you feel about some of these older receivers? I think we're actually in lockstep here that we we kind of tend to hold on to those guys. And it more so comes down to where your team is at. But potentially, is there guys that you would maybe trade these guys away for late first and pick up a wide receiver in this draft class if you had a Keenan Allen who's not necessarily a high asset but is still a mega producer yeah. at the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, I would do that. I mean, I'm I, listen. Keenan Allen is what? How old is Keenan Allen? Going on thirty? I think he's thirty, twenty nine, thirty. I think so, yeah. Um, I, those dudes are still studs, right? Keenan Allen is tethered to Justin Herbert. He's gonna be as is good. He's gonna be good for next another couple of years. Uh, Stephon Diggs, the same way. Stephon Diggs will be 29 next season. Still an elite talent at wide receiver. My thing is, I would rather be a year early. Maybe Sometimes maybe even two years, depending on your return. A year or two, a year or two early than a year or two late. Too late. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want... You don't want to have Keenan Allen when he falls completely off of the cliff and everybody kind of knows it, right? Everybody's like, I mean, he's still got the name cachet. You could still get a first-round pick for Keenan Allen. You could still get a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs. But if you could start to pivot off of some of those guys, and I know wide receivers can last until, like, think about DeAndre Hopkins. Coming into the season, his value was way higher. than I mean, you know, he's a perennial hunter-catch guy, 1,000-yard receiver, now you got Nuke. What what would somebody realistically give up for DeAndre Hopkins right now? I don't maybe a first. Maybe back end. Like maybe. And his and his value is going down. Regardless of what he yes. does in season, his yes. value is going down. And so I think the the better point, Ray, just to kind of interject here quickly. One of the things that I like to do a lot, and it really it's really more so with the quarterback position in Superflex and the wide receiver position um in drafts period is I like to look at guys who have quote-unquote career seasons. You look at a guy like Josh Allen last season when he was QB2, and all we talked about was how like he can't go higher than that. Like there's, There is no higher point in value for Josh Allen than it is right now. Now, he can maintain that, but there's no higher point for him. You look at a guy like Stephon Diggs last season, Stephon Diggs was wide receiver one. He had an amazing season. If you sold Stephon Diggs because he was older and because he had a career season – 
then you're looking really good right now. And it's not to say that you always do this, but there are guys who have not one-year wonders, but career seasons, and we hold on to them even though they're older. And if they go down, like a DeAndre Hopkins, they go way down because they're older. Their value is going down because they're older. Yeah, 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 and yeah, if yeah. their production slips, it compounds versus a Justin Jefferson who has a down year, an A.J. Brown who has a down year, still, uh, you know, top two round asset, right? I I'm vibing with you. I see what you're laying down. I think it's I think it's a little I think it's a little more complex than just a career year. Absolutely. I think it's when they have a career year, right? Like you have a career year at 28, 29, I I, I gotta go. You know what I mean? You have a career year yeah. after you haven't done shit for four and you have a, a Devontae Parker type season, I'm out. Like I'm out. Took you five years, Devontae Parker. I know you and and that's when I'm trying to churn those guys off my roster. Parker balled out, got a new contract, career year, Devontae Parker. I'm out. You think you believe in that fifth year breakout? Cool. We're seeing it right. And I know it's not to the degree of Devontae Parker. I know it's not to the degree of uh, 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 Stephon Diggs. But there are people who believe Laquan Treadwell's breakout towards the end of the year <laughs> will sustain into next season. Now, I like Laquan Treadwell coming out of Ole Miss, but it took him five years, man, to do anything so for me if i have those type of cats on my roster let's say let's just say hypothetically jalen rager has a breakout year next year in year three i'm probably off man um so i, I think it's i think it's more complex than just having a career year because josh allen he did go up he went from qb2 to qb1 yeah. like he did move up stefan diggs I think that the key point is when they don't duplicate or replicate is it duplicate or replicate I think it's replicate. Either one. Well, if they don't do the same shit over from the, the season before, Stefan Diggs goes from wide receiver one to wide receiver seven. Now it's like, ah, I knew it. I told you it's it's regression. He's going down. So uh, I, I think it just depends on when they do it. Justin Jefferson, career year this year. I'm not going to trade him unless you send me a lot of stuff. I'm not going to move him. Stefan Diggs, more inclined to do that because of his age and where he's at in that stage of his football life, man. Yeah, and I think um, uh, it says Rice Cake Randy is talking about Juju, saying he'd move him for a late first. I actually think Juju is a sneaky buy. Juju's really young, for better or worse. Um, you know, I don't love him as a person. I don't really like the way he acts off the field necessarily. Nice guy, it seems, but he does some things that are questionable, in my opinion. Um, but he's a good player, and he can catch the ball. And so he's a guy that if you want... Yeah, I, I honestly think his value is very, very low. I traded for him when he got injured on a team that really had a shot... Um, but I was like, I just think the talent's undeniable. And I think he's going to go to a situation that's going to be very beneficial to him. Um, another guy is Christian Kirk, a, a guy that I'm looking at a little bit, depending on cost. If you could get him for really, really cheap, he's on an expiring contract. He's having a pretty good year, whether it's with Kyler Murray and on the Cardinals. I just think that he's a guy who is extremely talented. He was an analytics darling in a lot of ways because he was an Uber producer at Texas A&M. But then he got to the NFL, didn't really do a whole lot. We'll see with Christian Kirk, but I think he's a guy who's very attainable, and that's why I'd be considering going to get him. He's kind of, I think he could be like a Will Fuller sort of in the right situation. Just in Arizona, for whatever reason, he wasn't really used that way. And so, a few more questions. Let's see. Is there any other questions anyone has in the comments? Well, I, I, I wanted to address one. It. I just want to address one real quick. Um, Mike said he would worry about guys like Tyreek Hill that depend on speed. The reason why I don't really worry about it because uh, there especially in best ball, Deshaun Jackson won you like two or three weeks this year. And he's like 33, 34 years old. That, 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 that doesn't just, when you're that much faster than everybody else, 
even if you lose a step or two, you're still going to be faster than everybody else. So depend. it just depends on the league. But if I've got Tyreek Hill in a best ball league, like even if he turns into three years from now, he's just Deshaun Jackson and catches a bomb or two a week. Like I, I'm fine with it. Like that, 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 those type of cats with, with that type of speed, it's, it's, we use the word elite a lot. We like to say elite Deshaun Jackson, elite speed, Tyreek Hill, elite speed. So even when they lose a, a step or two or three, they're still faster than everybody else. I'm not as concerned, even though he may not be like the, 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 the top dog, uh, anymore, you know, but I still think we got another two, three years of that type of production from Tyreek. Yeah, and so uh, Brady Miller is asking in the, in the chat right now, what's the best way to get into a new Superflex league? And I don't really know that question, unless he was going to be in the Patreon and join a patron league. Yeah, you got to come join. Yeah, join the patron leagues. I mean, my thing with joining leagues, man, I'm not joining any more leagues with people I don't know. Like, if, yeah. I, don't, if I don't know you, because it's just... Uh, I just like to know, and, not, and I don't mean, like, know you, we hang out, we call each other. Like, we... By no, I mean just communicate with. So whether it's my Patreon, whether it's somebody, go find a community that you enjoy. Find people that you enjoy their content, you enjoy uh, their dynasty mind, you enjoy the engagement. And I guarantee you'll find like-minded individuals over there and you'll form really tight bonds. Like, and, and the cool thing about, again, it's not just my shit. Like there are people who form like true friendships inside of these, these communities because we're all sick. Like the fact that you're watching this at five, six, seven, eight o'clock, you're sick. You're sick in the head. I'm sick. Jay's sick. But we love it and we don't judge each other for it. So if you find a community of crazy people like us, men, women, young people, old people, like that's how you build these cool leagues and you can do super flex and try crazy things. Um, so that would be my recommendation is just find a community of people that you like, uh, that you enjoy, join it and have some fun, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. So I think that's it. I think that's all we got right now. You know, we, we talked about we wanted to do about 50 minutes of the questions. Um, this may not be every week, but we're probably going to try and do it as often as we can just to answer some questions. You know, we do the trade show. We do a lot of rankings, mock draft stuff. But there are, you know, we talked about stuff all over the place from strategy to rookies to veterans, buy, sells, whatever. Um, so really appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, Ray, great job with the answers, man. You yeah, brought the info to for fun. the people. This is fun. We want to do this like like, you know, we've got our shows lined out and what we want to talk about. And sometimes it's hard to get to all the comments. But like we said at the beginning of the show, we appreciate y'all being here. So I think um, and, and I think these will evolve. Right. We're kind of talking about values now. But once we start getting into some of the prospect profile, should we show them how we're going to kind of do this thing? You want me to put one of these things up and show them how we're yeah, going to do, do it? All right. So we're going to do like live prospect profiles um, on the show and we'll actually like show a couple of plays. So I'm going to show you uh, Jaquan Berkser from Penn State, right? So how we're going to do this, boom. Oh, let's see. All right, there we go. We're going to watch Berkser. Boom, make the hit right there. This is why I hope the Dallas Cowboys draft this young man. And once we start doing stuff like this, y'all will have more, more questions that we'll get to. Bam, hard-hitting safety. That's what I like, Jay. I like a safety that can come downhill, put his hat in the hole, and then it can oh, also this play nasty. right here. Watch the flip, flip his hips. Locate the locate the DB, boom, move the ball out the way. Like we'll we'll do stuff like this, and y'all have more questions, more engagement. Add the fullback, fight, fight through the block, bring it back. So we're gonna do a bunch of dope shit uh, through draft season. Y'all have more more comments, more engagement. We'll probably do this weekly. That's what I'm. That's I. 
I am a talker. I'm an attorney by trade, so I like to talk. Long-winded answers, but I hope y'all appreciate it. So I don't even know how we got to the film portion of that. I don't know what that has to do with uh, Q&A, but we'll do this. Uh, good vibes in the show. I appreciate everybody being here. Y'all have a fantastic Wednesday, and let's finish out the week strong tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs. And Jay said I dated myself last night, but I oh, want no. if if you know... I want to do a segment called Prop, Lock, and Drop It. Prop, Lock, and Drop It. If y'all know what that is, if you know what I'm talking about, holla at me tomorrow. I may give y'all something for a giveaway. Prop, Lock, and Drop It. Uh, Y'all have a good day. We out of this thing. Peace.